This is CliffCentral.com. Report. I'm Jonathan. And Ramon is present. Uh, Jonathan, so you'll be hearing this tomorrow. We're actually recording at almost like half past six on a Monday evening. Yes. Because, well, who knows why. But anyway, um, this expropriation, like compensation thing, just won't go away. Well, no, it's not going to go away. Kind of like we said it wouldn't. No, but I see there's a hell of a lot of useful idiots who think that somehow this will all work out. Well, it's not going to affect them, you see. They, they, no, but they, it will. They're excluded from the economy. They, they, but no, but they're too stupid to. I'm not talking <laughs> about poor people. I'm talking about... No, no, we're talking about well-off people, actually. Journalists and intellectuals. Because apparently when it's their time to be guillotined, I suspect they think the blade will be very blunt. So they'll just leave them with a bruise, you know, in the in the name of transformation as opposed to decapitation. Um, <clears throat> specifically, the useful idiot called Adrian Basson. Because... <laughs> Over the weekend, um, AfriForum got this list, purportedly from the Department of Land Reform, and this is a list that these are the so-called test cases for expropriation uh, without compensation. Uh, so AfriForum released this list, and they said, well, if you on this list, um, you know, tell us. Let's set up a legal challenge. We can't verify the contents, but if it's not a list – the land, you know, to borrow land reform, I just say, this is not a list from us at all. And they haven't said that. And there's a fair amount of information on the list. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not completely bogus. Someone had to go to quite a fair amount of effort to put all those farms on the list. The farm names are on the list. Plot numbers are on the list. I mean, 190 farms. I mean, and not, the locations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, and then a, a government official says, no, this, this, uh, this is, has nothing to do with us. And so Adrian Basson, the editor of News24, the biggest news site in the country, says, how disgusting that every forum is, you know, uh, dabbling in outrage culture. Mm, and spreading fake news. And spreading fake news. Yes. And I'm like, and I, and I was trying to say, there's no downside to overemphasizing the point that EWC is a fuck up. No, Before it even not. starts, there's no downside from giving the worst scenario possible. There's none whatsoever because the possibility is very high that it will be the yeah. worst possible. Well, scenario. he said he said we should be have cool heads about about this, and my response is absolutely not. We should not have cool heads about something completely irrational as uh, removing private property rights from individuals. There's nothing cool headed about that as an idea in in itself, and the whole. Uh, concept should actually fill you with rage and anger and uh, just complete disgust. Yeah, because I mean, you must look at it in terms of, of risk. So I'm reading Taleb and Nicholas Taleb only speaks about risk. So what what is the risk of such a thing? What are the goals and what are the risks associated with it? The goals are, well, no one really knows what the goals are. It's to it's land reform to advance that at a more, you know, at a faster pace than before to give back land that was stolen, but that wasn't really stolen because there's no proof. But okay, so there's, so it's like a, a lovey-dovey, happy thing. We're just going to take land away and give it to those people who deserve it. Okay, what are the risks? 
um, everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Complete that, collapse. Uh, complete collapse. Uh, that's, that's the highest form of risk possible. And the possibility of that is much higher than any so-called benefit that one gets on the other side of that equation. So as I keep saying to people, there's no harm in overemphasizing mm. the risk. A, a reminder, I, I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners are well aware, but <laughs> if you aren't or if you're new to the show, there is nowhere that something like this has been tried where it has ever succeeded. It does not work. It's not going to work this time. This isn't a real Scotsman situation. It doesn't work. You cannot take away private property rights and hope to have a functioning economy following that. It's, it, it's as simple as that. And it's very interesting because I don't know if you've noticed the people framing expropriation without compensation saying things like, you, you know, South Africa is very good at this whole, yes, but it's not as bad as this. So it's yeah. the, I was hijacked, but at least I wasn't hurt, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we do that with everything. And, and with the land stuff now, what was first, it was, that's an, that's a, that's an EFF policy. The ANC will never do that. Then it became an ANC policy and it was like, yes, but they'll never change the constitution. Then they say, well, they're going to change. Yes, but it will only apply to farmland, not to your residential property. Guess what, guys? Yeah. It won't matter. It won't matter because if you remove private property rights, and I see you've been banging the drum on trying to get people to understand what that actually means. Because if you remove private property rights from one thing, it's just a matter of time before you move them, remove them from other things. And the lack of confidence that you get in the economy and the market as a result of doing that causes a, a, a collapse of everything. But you've been talking about everything from medical savings to uh, unit trusts. It's, it's all property. So, I mean, when people say, oh, they only take unused land, unused property, yep. um, that definition applies to a wide variety of things. Well, what is that definition even? Well, that no one knows. I mean, if I keep a wheelbarrow on a piece of land, but nothing else, I'm using it to keep my wheelbarrow on. So if, no, but if you buy land for speculative purposes, mm. which is what you do with investments, Anyway, uh, so they'll take that away. Um, okay, what about you know your speculative um, pensions? What about your your unused medical savings? Yeah, yeah I mean you, about, you're not you're not using them. There's 60 billion rand that whatever Discovery has in savings for for their customers. That's unused. Yeah, which ironically the government forces them to have. Otherwise, they actually wouldn't have them. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I mean, but. Anything from your, your car collection, you, you collect cars, that's unused stuff. That's unused property. Would the people need it? We will take it from you. Look, if you're living in a three bedroom home and you're only using two bedrooms. Disgraceful. You are not using third, one of those bedrooms. The third unused bedroom will be expropriated. No, it won't. Sorry. The, the garden and the pool and the, pa the paving will be expropriated the, outside. The bricks of the house will leave, according yeah. to Judas Malema. Yeah. If you believe that, uh, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Just quite, quite astounding. Well, to be honest, the Eiffel Tower has been sold three times. I know. It and, has been. And, and it has been. <laughs> and people fall for Great it every story. single time. But, um, people, you must really understand the National Democratic Revolution. For some reason, the ANC supports the SACP for the past 60 years. Mm -hmm. They give the SACP 40 seats every single election. They agree with the communists on the National Democratic Revolution. Yep. They agree with the communists that China, Russia, and what, Cuba are like, you know... Yeah. Well, I, I, what, what you some call of it? our best allies. Uh, yeah, some of our best allies. Sure. They agree with the communists about 
so many things, but somehow the ANC is not a communist organization. They are. Yeah. And they say so in the past documents since 1962. Read them. It says the revolution, the national democratic revolution, this is how it will happen. It's, it's like a masterclass in strategy. Yeah. And then we, people get surprised. And they're willing to play the long game. And people get surprised when they do communistic shit. Yeah. Not, not surprising at all. And as I say, willing to play the long game because I think, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of things like, you know, don't worry. Cyril's a capitalist. At the end of the day, Cyril, Cyril will, will, will stop all of this from happening. Well, what, Cyril's a fucking rent seeker. Well, exactly. What makes you think Cyril's a capitalist? Cyril's the kind of guy who was sitting around and people were like, want some shares, Cyril? Want to be on the board, Cyril? And he was like, yeah, cool. I'll take that. Thanks very much. It, it's not, it, that's not capitalism, folks. No, uh, the bigger socialists have been, well, Muammar Gaddafi died with, Reportedly about $200 billion stashed away somewhere. He could, he was the richest man in the world. Mm. Now it's Vladimir Putin apparently. George Bezos. I mean, Jeff Bezos. Psst, Amazon. Yeah. Chicken feed, man. Chicken yeah. feed. Hugo Chavez died with $6 billion. These are all communists. These are all, you know. For the people, of course. For the people. Yeah, they're Uh, they're keeping for the people. And to think that's because someone is rich that they're not communist is, is like just so anti-evidence. It boggles my mind that you would make that argument. Now you could say, you know, Cyril's solidifying his position Mm. and he's playing the long game and he's, you know, he's not, doesn't have a full control over the leadership. Listen, listen. If you leader, you take control. If you can't take control, you're a shit leader. If it takes you five years to take control, you're a shit leader. And we know very well, because he keeps saying it, his goal is to do what, Jonathan? What is his goal? Unite the ANC. He said that three or four times in public. He doesn't give a fuck about you. He cares about uniting the ANC. Whatever second or third is, is well, relevant. Exactly to, to, to get where he needs to be because as far as I'm concerned, this is the long game they've been playing. If you listen to some of those podcasts we did with Russ Lamberti, specifically the last one we did with him, he's spoken about this. He's spoken about the game they're playing. And if you want to talk about the 1%, there's no greater example of where the 1% truly exists than in a socialist or communist country. The 1% are the government, the 1% are the ruling elite, and the 99% are everyone else who's starving to death. Go back and listen to the podcast we did with Caleb from Venezuela. Um, that's, that's the reality of, of, of how it all functions. And, and, and to the people who believe that Cyril is trying to solidify some sort of power in the ANC, um, even if that were true, and even if he supposedly gets that done and then he's going to turn the ship around. He's going to face it away from the iceberg, which in my opinion is too late. Um, even if he does that, you're assuming that all the other people jockeying for position in the organization are just going to drop their plans. They're all going to be thwarted by, by Cyril. Well, you know, Didi Mabuza, who has l- allegedly literally killed people. Maybe be careful with my words there. Allegedly literally killed people to get where he wants to be in his life and politics, etc. Um, is the deputy president. If you think that guy's going to sit back and go, oh, you know, I see it now. We were wrong. I think I should follow Cyril's lead. And, and he's not the only one. He's not the only one. We've got, we've got Jacob Zuma leaves the party. Uh, a couple of ministers, a handful of ministers get fired. 
Um, a whole bunch of others are still there. Most of the MPs are still there. The people who saw through the rot are still there. The people who aren't MPs anymore but saw through the rot, the Derek Hunnicombs who suddenly pretend like they're such angels, who sat in parliament and when there was votes of no confidence against Jacob Zuma, voted for Jacob Zuma. All those people are still around. So the idea that um, Cyril's going to wrestle some sort of power and he's then going to right the ship, ugh, get off it. But but that's assuming Cyril actually is a capitalist in this in in a and he's not in a political sense, because let's look at Zimbabwe. So there was a minor coup. It was just Zanu PF trying to get power for longer because Mugabe was was tired and sick and kept sleeping in in. Yeah, it's going to go away. So how do you give people confidence in the new government? You make as if the new government are new guys, but they're right. not new guys. They're the same old. They're guys. the same old guys. But but here's the thing: Zimbabwe has had the same revolutionary political party for 37 years mm. they fucked everything mm-hmm. two bits fucked it up completely you know you you have you know you friends have, family you, there 100 right. i haven't i haven't been in a number of years and they still won two-thirds in the elections not free not fair don't get me wrong it wasn't a fair election because the, the state controls the media and all that they still get two-thirds the ANC is not looking at that and saying oh that's a terrible thing they're doing they're saying, oh look after doing everything possible after looting after destroying the economy, after impoverishing the entire population, they're still in power. Why isn't that a precedent for the ANC? It's not a failure. It's like the ANC is looking like, at look, look how far we can go and still remain in power. Mm. Yeah. It's an, it's aspirational. <laughs> if you're in their position, absolutely. And, and, and once again, the idea, you see, you, you might be shaking your head and going, no, they'll never do that. They care about me. They do not give less than two shits about you. And, and this applies to most governments. In fact, all governments. Governments don't care for you. They don't care for you. They may care for specific issues and they may have pet projects and those types of things. But at the end of the day, they're not in it for you. And this government, I don't know what more they have to prove for someone like Adrian Basson. Um, you know, you talk about him as a useful idiot. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just beyond frustrating to me. He, he was the one who wrote this laptop boys or laptop club column about Gwen and Gwenya. The minute a black person thinks, um, uh, a different thought to what you meant to think in South Africa as a black person, you can guarantee Adrian Basson, Max Dupree and, um, Peter and Peter Dutoy Peter and he still has a job there's after a, there's a first died. Yeah. There's a few others. It's amazing. Varashni doesn't have a job there anymore. Ferial doesn't have a job there, but the, but Peter Dutoy, don't worry. He's still got his job. Um, all of these people will come out of the woodwork to tell the black person exactly what they should think. Yeah. Uh, so Adrian wrote a piece about the so-called split in the DA about, about this BE bullshit. Like no one cares. And he says, Gwen and Gwen is head of policy. And now the, there are worries that the Institute of Race Relations, her previous employer, has undue influence in the DA. I'm like, listen, fucker. I've known Gwen for seven years, eight years before she even started. The our first interview with her, she wasn't even even in the IRR. Yeah. And she said exactly the same things then as she says now. Bees, bullshit, liberal values, property rights, freedom of speech. She's the most hardcore liberal in the classic sense that I know mm. and has been for the past seven, eight years. And now that she's in the position of power, now you worry that the IRR is influencing her. How fucking dare you? Yeah, you I know spoke, nothing of the woman. I spoke to people in the IRR. And someone said to me on the side, he said, listen, we've been fighting this 
slashing of BEE for like seven years, Gwen does in three months, and now they want to give us credit. <laughs> well, we don't deserve the credit. We, we, we've been failing. And now she went in three months, boom, done it. Yeah. And it was her idea in the first place. Yeah, it's this whole thing we must malign uh, people. And the, I suppose one of the most frustrating things, obviously people disagree with her. Um, but instead of instead of putting forward your argument, she's turning around. She's saying BE has not worked. It is a failure as a program, and we need to find another way to uplift black people in this country. And th- without, that without using race as a proxy, sure. And 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 so so we've got to do, we've got to do that another way. She's got evidence for why BE has failed. For God's sake, anyone with half a brain has got evidence, can see the evidence for why BE has failed, how it has benefited a minority of individuals. And instead of going, look, I disagree with you and this is why I disagree with you. This is why I believe it can be implemented correctly. No, it's a, it's, you're, you're part of a club or you're being, you don't think for yourself white people think for you or you're a racist as uh, we know that or, comment comes. Or as Feral Havaji said, right wing ideologue. Yep. Oh yeah, you're oh you're right wing, and let me just say something about about being right wing. Being right wing is no longer and should never have really been an insult. Okay, frankly, as as far as I'm concerned, you can go back to the Marius Root interview um, that we did. Um, the the right wing has never been bigger in the entire world than it is right now because the left wing is freaking insane, and. Most people don't identify with this kind of nonsense. They, they, they can see it, they can detect it, and they can see the, through the bullshit. So frankly, take your right-wing ideologue. If, if, if John Stuart Mill is, is right-wing, I'm right-wing. If, if, if. John um, Stuart Mill's a Nazi, don't you know? If, um, Thomas Sowell is right-wing, I am bloody well right-wing. Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> So, you, you, frankly, you, you can take the right wing as an insult and you can shove it. Yeah, and my favorite thing is when journalists quote Thomas Sowell. Mm. Non-ironically. That. That, was, that was hilarious. Non-ironically. Really clubby actually retweeted um, Thomas Sowell. The, 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 one of the greatest living economists of the 20th century. Yeah. And these people have no idea who he is. <laughs> they have no idea what his ideas are. They have no idea what the quote is about. They have no context for the quote, but they retweet it and say, "Oh, white people! If what? If 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 being privileged felt? I can't remember what the quote oh, is. Must go Equality means a loss because you were used to being privileged yeah. in the past. He's talking about the fucking welfare state. <laughs> He's talking about poor people. Yeah, not about rich white privileged people. Um. So yeah. So no, no. Fuck you. If property rights, owning a gun. <laughs> Wanting to make money and fighting for property rights make me right wing, then fuck you, I'm right wing. And I'm going to fight you on the streets to, not to die for saying I'm right wing, but it's not an insult because I know that we are right. We are the ones that ended slavery. Yeah. We're the ones that ended segregation. Mm -hmm. Well, in the US at least. Uh, the right wing defeated the Nazis, defeated the Soviet Union. Instituted feminism. Gave the pull, gave the vote to women and other women. Also that women stuff, right? Like yeah. women only got the vote like 60 years ago. Yeah, men got the vote like 120 years ago. Like there wasn't like 5,000 years of men voting and then we gave the women the vote. No, fucking no one voted for like a very centuries. Long time, yeah. But anyway, the, the right wing has done, the right wing has given you everything you need in your life right now. Well, how you define the right wing now? I mean, this never used to be in terms of it never used to be the right wing i mean you you could have ma- used that as an insult potentially 50 years ago 60 years ago maybe but the reality is is that 
these things that are being called and labeled right wing now are liberal ideas. They are the way the world got to be as successful as it is right now. And many of them are lefty ideas, huh? Yeah. The speech association, freedom stuff was very left wing. Yep. For a long time. They, they, they are, they are ideas that brought the world to where it is now. They are the reason we have a civilization we hopefully most of us like and respect and would like to maintain. I suppose that's the conservatism part is the maintenance of that. And if, if that's, if, if that's, Liberal ideas have become right-wing, then cool. Yeah, but I wish these people actually had an argument. I wish there was something, but it's just apparitions. These the Adrian well, Bassons. We know this. The Adrian Bassons of the world. I mean, I saw him once at uh, at Varashni Pillay's ombudsman hearing when she called me outright, and you were standing next to me, but it wasn't you. Yes, all Jews look the Jews same. Look the same. According yeah. to her. And the guy just refused like to speak, and he was like horrified about the arguments uh, Mark Oppenheimer was making. He's like, "Oh, according to Mark Oppenheimer, there's a white genocide." He's like, "No, he's just saying it's it's a useful. The whites are a useful scapegoat in society." Yeah. So the article was wrong. They've always got to straw man the argument instead of just but take on the argument. We're not always right, but it's, it's always white, and people. we're willing to admit that. Yeah, but why are white people like bashing white people all the time? Like if you're not if you're not happy about being white, then well, you can't change it. You see, you can't change it, but you can yeah, grovel at the altar of 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 political correctness. Yeah, but I mean, those are the people that get shot first. Thank God, <laughs> collaborators always get shot first. The Knights <laughs> of the Long Knives was about taking out the opponents in the Nazi Party, and they were communists in the Nazi Party. They were taken out. This always happens. So yeah. Those who don't get taken out are the fierce um, opposition. Yeah. In most conflicts, the opposition doesn't get taken out. It's the ones that are similar to you and stand in your way of homogenizing power. Those are the ones that get taken out. So you said uh, today, I think you said that you reckon the ANC is going to get sixty percent come next election. Yeah, based on close, based based on the polling I see. You you think nothing's going to change? I mean, it's always hard. These are, these are predictions, it's and you, ne- you never know. And Ipsos polls are yeah, notorious. Well, Ips- the last Ipsos poll was 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 ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I think they they pegged they pegged the DA at at less than twenty percent. It was thirteen. Yeah, I mean that's that's just that's not going to happen, regardless. I, mean, I see a status quo. Um, the ANC are very good at getting people out to vote. I, I don't see it changing. Um, I see the DA also between twenty and twenty three percent. EFF between six and eight. Maybe IFP gets, they had 2% last time. Maybe they get to three or four, depending on KZN. KZN yeah. is like the big ANC stronghold. So if they break through there, they could get some good votes. COPE, I don't know. There's no by-election results to show. Mm. Although COPE might pick up a bit. Uh, COPE has been one of the loudest voices in, in response to the EWC rhetoric. Uh, yeah, but th- that's the only... Thing. They claim people, to fame currently. Yeah, people don't really know what they're on about. Uh, the DA is like just pissing in the water. No one knows what's going on. They're alone themselves. Well, I think Gwen has given them some good direction uh, recently. They, they had a lot of bad sort of press for a, for a long do, time. There's a moratorium. No fucking Twitter accounts of DA personnel. Because you question each other <laughs> You're going to tell public. Helen that? No, Helen's great. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> Helen. Are you, so no moratorium on Helen. Everyone she, has, she has no institutional control of the DA. So no, I don't really she care. doesn't. But you got Pumzile van Damme saying, we did not 
renege on BEE. And then someone else says, yes, we did. Says, no, we didn't. James Self said we didn't. Says, no, James Self said we did. You're doing this in public, you fucking morons. Yeah, but like, hello. For, for a reason though. So I think, I think, and I, I think it was Ferrell who, who, who said there's a, there's division in the, in the DA. Um, and I think, I think that's not completely untrue because, uh, Pumzile van Dam, as we know f- previously, from previously is, um, you know, she she leads a, a, a almost near Marxist faction within the DA, and she's she's one of the people. I mean, they they got oh, where, where, a few weeks back. Um, oh, they 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 pounced on something. What what was what was it? Um, Musi and Pumzile. Oh, there was a um, Ashwin. The Ashwin saga, yeah. So um, the, the Ashwin saga happens, and Musi tweets within thirty minutes, an hour, uh, sort of saying, "Oh, this is terrible racism, and it's unacceptable." And Pumzile is backing it, and that is the identity politics wing of the party. So I think when they go into meetings, they lose arguments because you can't actually win arguments with those shitty ideas. And but of course they they can't accept that they've lost the argument. So then in public, they try to sort of throw sort of shade at at the at the part the side of the party that's actually won the policy decision and yeah. and um to create discord and hopefully through to creating discord and it's it, you know it's what you you keep sort of saying is this tyranny of the minority uh, which is that you it doesn't take a lot of people to cause great strife really yeah, or great change and, and, yeah. and or great change or or, or or to get their way even if that way is completely against what the majority want or need is yeah and so I, I do think that that does exist And I, I don't think that that should be necessarily underestimated I do think that's why the DA, as we've mentioned in previous shows Will probably lose some ground in this election Is because their their messaging has been all over the show Yeah, it's just awful it's just, I, mean, I don't know what more to say about them um, <laughs> Yeah, nothing much I like Gwen you like uh, Gwen and that's well, I mean, it. She's, she's a friend, so I mean, I like her. Yeah. John Steenhays is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, what more do you want me to say? Yeah, they, they, look, there's some, it, it's, look, I, I, I suppose it's the same as people who, who sort of will say, well, they're good people in the ANC, and we will say, well, they're good people in the DA. They were good um, people in the Nazi party. What the fuck does that mean? You got the ones that <laughs> didn't want to burn the Jews. Like, define good. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. What irritates me is that the fucking ANC are on the huge backfoot, high petrol prices, increasing VATs, huge, you know, standards of living are rising. I don't know about you. My fucking bills have gone like way up. Yeah. Through the roof. Yeah. Through the roof. Um, the, uh, policy uncertainty. And what do they do? They have a public fight about whether BE is fucking legit or not. Like, for fuck's sakes. It's not difficult. Fight. I'm going to tell them again because I know you listen. <laughs> Fighting is the NHI, which is basically expropriation without compensation for medical care. Mm-hmm. Fighting is expropriation without compensation, and fucking fight for breaking down and privatizing yeah. the state-owned enterprises. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to fucking do for the next nine months. For anything else, shut the fuck up. Yeah, stop fighting with each other. Or do it in your own crap. time. Don't do it in public. It's not that difficult. Yeah, it's not that difficult. Although it happens it's happening everywhere in the world at the moment. You got uh did you see this this thing that happened in the UK over the past week? So it wasn't Brexit, so no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, they got to not report on Brexit for a full week. Boris Johnson writes a column for the Daily Telegraph. And you know how much he gets paid? No, I don't. Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year. Good for him. For the past like 
20 years he's had that column. Huh? Oh, is it? Yeah. So I actually can't access the column, and most of the people losing their minds can't access it either because it's behind a paywall. And in fact, when I went to do research on on what had actually happened, I couldn't access the topic uh, or the document uh, that he had written, the column. And I also couldn't find what he had actually said in context within the sentence of what he had said in any of the reporting on it. They picked the words that were offensive and they ran with it. And there's been nonstop media coverage for a week. Well, what's the topic? So, so bottom line is he, uh, he writes a column on the fact that Denmark has banned the burqa and the, the niqab. Right. Um, in public, which, I uh, Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, and he doesn't agree. He, he, he says openly, I do not agree with banning this item of clothing, which is the correct position to take. You don't ban people from their personal decisions. Um, but then he does go on to say two things about people wearing these specific items. He, he says that, um, so the way it was reported is that he, he said people who wear them are, uh, look like letterboxes and, uh, bank robbers. But that's not the context of it. So, so but you're even, allowed to laugh, Ron. Even, even if that was, that's great. Well, Ron Atkinson thought it was fucking hilarious. But, um, oh yeah, Mr. Bean, the gateway to the alt right. Yes, the gateway to the alt right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the, Mr. Free Speech is, yeah. is, is certainly, um, but that's what I mean. Everyone's on the right now. Uh, so what he had said, if I can just read this quickly so people have some context, I've only got the one paragraph where he had made the one comment, and that is, he says, if you tell me that the burqa is oppressive, then I am with you. If you say that it is weird and bullying to expect women to cover their faces, then I totally agree. And I would add that I can find no scriptural authority for the practice in the Quran. I would go further and say that it is absolutely ridiculous that people should choose to go around looking like letterboxes and I thoroughly dislike any attempt by any invariably male government to encourage such demonstrations of modesty. Notably, the extraordinary exhortations of President uh, Ramzan Karir of Chechnya, who has told the men of his country to splat their women with paintballs if they fail to cover their heads. Now, that's the one paragraph that people, but they're not losing their minds about that paragraph, which in context of what he's saying sounds very reasonable to me. They're losing their, mi their minds over the fact that he referred to people who might wear these items as letter, looking like letterboxes. Now, they, they've literally gone crazy in the UK. It's been nonstop coverage about how he's Islamophobic, how the conservatives in the UK, the Tories, have an Islamophobia problem, which is f just beyond hilarious because you have Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the frickin' Labour Party, again and again either saying anti-Semitic things, laying wreaths for the, for the, for the people who died, the terrorists in Munich, who died after they massacred the Israeli um, Olympic team. Olympic team. Um, this man is beyond um, the salvation, okay, in, in this sort of sense. And no, no, the Tories have his Islamophobia problem because basically what Boris Johnson is turning around and saying is um, it's a bit weird that you force your woman to be oppressed essentially in this outfit. And uh, the majority of the UK, by the way, based on polling, agrees with him. Well, I think any normal and some any reasonable person would agree with him. Some people in the Muslim community have come out and agreed with him. But it's like it's, Jordan, it's like the Jordan Peterson thing with gender pronouns. It's not about using them; it's about being forced to use them. Mm -hmm. If you are willingly 
you know, whatever, wearing your niqab or burqa, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, well, it's different if it's depending on what it is. Oh, I, don't yeah. give, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but if you're willingly, you know, dressing in it, great. Then you have, then there's, then you're willingly allowed to take it off in public areas. Yeah. yeah. If you walk into a bank. And, and um, if you, if you get married and decide you don't want to wear one, there'll be no persecution against you and, uh, you won't uh, suffer any harm. But if, if women were willingly right? wearing it, um, Fine. They have they have no problem willingly taking it off in a public area for uh, identification. With, exactly. When entering a bank or getting a speeding ticket, right? But uh, they can't take it off then. So where's the willingness? Uh, what's to show that they are not being forced to wear it? Yeah. Um, there's not much evidence to suggest that they're doing this willingly, especially in the UK this year, where global warming has hit like an all-time high of like 37 <laughs> degrees, and you're walking around in, in, in polyester in a polyester sack. Yeah, because that's really empowering. Yeah, not not like linen or silk or something that's breathable. No, fucking polyester, flammable <laughs> are you, shit. Are you, are you sure it's always polyester? I don't know. I don't know for a fact that it's always made out of that material. But still, I agree with you. The the, the entire principle. It's a, this is the point. Once again, is is that if you if you if you hold a view within liberalism, then you believe that individuals should be able to make their own choices. About what they do in their daily lives. Yeah, but it's the same about free speech, though. I mean, I'm not going to use my free speech to insult you because you're Jewish, because you have no like choice. Your religion is your choice. I don't give a fuck what you. I mean, okay, Jews. What, what Judaism is a religion of choice, right? But it's also but yeah. Jews are also it's, it's cultural also an ethnicity and ethnicity. Yeah. But as a Muslim, you choose to be a Muslim, so I can take the piss out of you as much as I want to because it's a choice. I'm not going to say you fucking half dead beat. Arab or something like that. But like you, you choose to believe in, in stupid ideas and I'm going to take the piss out of you. Like your people with fucking not putting on electricity on Saturdays, like it's remarkable to me. <laughs> like I think I find it hilarious. Sure, sure. I'm not going to go there and say you're stupid. Sure. And Christians putting ash on their forehead on, on, and eating pancakes on a, like, on a weekday. I mean, you know, pancakes are great, by the way. <laughs> pancakes are awesome. Exactly. So. So fuck you. Um, not that I'm Catholic. You see, we can rip everyone off, right? And it should be fine. You should all be but, offended but, now. But I mean, the British have been emasculated so much by 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 the, the busybodies. You can't express like a simple thing where you say, "I approve of people choosing to wear this," but I understand if that they look a bit strange in public because they are fucking strange. Hmm. When I see someone with pink hair. Like whatever, like t- tattoos and huge earrings in their nostrils and their toes. Like it's weird, right? I'm allowed to look twice, sure, because it's and, weird. And they've probably made that choice partially because it is weird. Yeah, they they want to stand out for whatever but reason. To assume that to assume that you must now control where my eyes go, or what I say what about you think someone, about it, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, like this is very Orwellian. Well, I mean. It, it, Controlling what people say and, and the whole Orwellian concept, I, I got a bit of blowback because I sort of – I did not defend Alex Jones. So let me just put that out there. I, I defend Alex I, Jones. I, I, no, I defend Alex Jones. I don't, I don't really have anything to defend Alex Jones on in terms of a position because I think a lot of his positions are really silly. And I think I, – I think – well, I mean, he's admitted that he's playing a role. So Alex Jones views what he does as acting, essentially. But, but I'm not, I, I yeah, don't, I don't, he's a, he's a, I mean, he's a conspiracy theorist and he said some really dodgy things. No, but that has a lot of terrible world consequences. What? Like, uh, Sand, the Sandy Hook stuff, where he yeah. says they're all hoax. People, yeah. he actually released 
he docks the family that lost yeah. the child. So I'm not defending any and, of... And people went after them and looking for them and they had to change houses. I mean, why are you burying a sure. child? I'm not defending fake. any of his positions. No, of course not. Um, and as I made clear, I actually have never ever watched Alex Jones. I've seen like clips of him where people mock the guy. Um, because he like he rips off his shirt all the time, and he does like this, and he yeah, like no, he's like he, does make he, frogs gay. He, well, some bullshit like that. So I'm not defending any of his positions, but I defend his right to have those positions to say what he wants to say. So here's an interesting conversation now. Yeah, if you are banned from McDonald's, fuck, you could go to Burger King, right? You yeah. can go to Steers. Yes. If you banned from dominant tech companies, yes. And the alternatives are really, really awful. Mm. Should there be not different rules? I'm not. I'm not. I'm, so they're private companies. They should be able to do what they want. But should they be treated in a way that's a little bit more? Yeah. How but, can I explain? I, I, I don't think we've fair. we've started to properly have this conversation yet because yeah. previously and 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 basically free speech as we understand it has pretty much come from the West and mostly from the United States. Uh, they're the closest to free speech absolutists that you'll get. There's not really hate speech. Uh, the only thing you can uh, get in trouble for in terms of your speech in the United States is uh, for inciting imminent violence so or, or, or harm. So if you shout fire in a crowded um, or bomb in a crowded theater, that, that's the old trope. Um, in theory, you could get in trouble. And if you defame someone, and it's obvious defamation. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they pretty much free speech. Absolutely say whatever you like, do whatever you like. But that applies to the government. So the government may not limit your freedom of speech, but private companies may. In other words, McDonald's, if you, if you are standing on a public street and you're shouting something bigoted, the government may not come and do anything about that. You're allowed to shout bigoted shit. If you walk into the McDonald's and you start shouting the bigoted stuff, then McDonald's may remove you. Property rights. Yeah. Now, now the, the problem we have here is that people go, all right, well, Alex Jones got removed from YouTube. So what he should just do is he should just start his own YouTube. Yeah. Or go to like okay. DTube or an alternative, yeah. which has 0.001% yeah. of the users. Also don't have the tech and don't have the, the base to host and all of this stuff. So, but the problem is, is this goes a step further because people say that. And then, for example, Gab, uh, I don't particularly use Gab, but I know some people do use it instead of Twitter. Um, it's an open platform and you can say whatever you like is essentially the policy. And, um, so what happened to Gab is Gab does open a, a, an alternative to Twitter and then, uh, Microsoft, I think, cracks down on them and says, um, we're not going to even host you on Microsoft servers anymore. Now there is no other way yeah. to host yourself because you have yeah. to have, and then, um, you know, what comes next? Uh, the, the telecoms companies that broadcast this, the, the internet itself, they actually pretty much make sure the internet gets to your house. Well, ISPs, yeah. If they, if they turn around and go, well, even, uh, so, so now you've gone and you open up your own Twitter. You create your own platform because Microsoft says we won't host you on our platform. So you do that even. And then the, the companies who have all the network turn around and go, well, create your own telephone network yeah. or your own distribution network. And yeah. um, there has to be a line somewhere here where we go, hold on a second. Because yeah. um, you're dealing with monopolies in this case. Well, this is what Techn – Technical monopolies. Doesn't China have exactly this? The Chinese government has a complete monopoly on all of their technology. Yeah. On 
all of their technology companies, all of their technology distribution. And so what they do is they get to control exactly what is thought, what goes in and what comes out and what people can and can't do and say. Um, And I, I do think there's a very interesting conversation to be had here. Yeah, because about that, where the line is. Because we used to say, oh, you know, if you kicked off Twitter, it's a private company that could do what they want. Yeah, we said that numerous times. Yes, and I still think I still feel that to a large degree. I think that is correct. Mm-hmm. But I, th- however, there's an interesting thing. So when you, you log onto Twitter, so I think of Twitter as perhaps like a huge exhibition hall. Just imagine, for the sake of it, a huge virtual exhibition. And a hall. number of people are running around naked on fire. No. <laughs> <laughs> and your Twitter account is your little your, your little square in the exhibition hall, mm-hmm. and you spend years growing it. Yeah, um, watching the plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you spend years growing on your, your Twitter account. It's like it becomes your property within this like, exhibition hall, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, um, the exhibition hall just changes the rules arbitrarily, arbitrarily, and kick you off. But you put in time, effort, years. To get to whatever, 100,000 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And that just cuts it off. Yeah. Isn't there an interesting dynamic there yeah. for property rights? Yes. Because they give you, how can I explain? Because your account, you build it yourself. You just use the platform. Mm. But if the platform is arbitrarily just taking people off, now they did it Alex Jones, then they did Gavin McInnes. Yeah. And the Proud Boys who are some, I don't know, some uh, people yeah, say I, near Nazis. I don't even know who they are. I don't actually, yeah. Um, I'm but not very plugged into but, that. But ISIS still has like you know, de- uh, ISIS has accounts. Videos. Um, Iran, I- Iran uh, regularly posts propaganda. Oh yeah. Um, Erdogan, I think, has an account. So I he's think, arresting and killing journalists. So perhaps the big the big problem is the the the, the terms are not defined. Like what gets you kicked off? Because it's it's quite arbitrary at the moment, and it seems quite biased against so called right wing people. Yeah, and, and look, even then, I mean, uh, it's very clear that there's a business decision. Decision. I'm sure people are shouting Trump at their phones, and there's a, you know, they're very, they're very clear business decision made to not remove Donald Trump because some of the tweets that he has posted would have gotten lesser individuals in terms of in their stature would have gotten them removed from the platform. There's no doubt about it, and and he stays on the platform, so it, it is arbitrary and uh, clearly. You know, it's, it's, uh, your exhibition hall, I would say you probably, it, it's almost like you lease the space from them. You rent or lease the space. But they say, look, you can stay in the space. These are the rules, terms of service. Yeah. And you can stay in the space as long as, and it's your space as long as you don't violate the terms of service. Sure. I think the biggest problem is, is that the terms of service are just so fluid. Um, in terms, well, in, for in, Alex Jones, they say Spotify, Apple, Facebook, and YouTube say, no, he's got hateful comments. Okay. Which ones? They don't show. They don't say which comments got him kicked off. Well, well there's, there's no line. There's a set. whole other dynamic to this. You know how Alex Jones got removed, is that one, Oliver Darcy? One person did it. Oliver Darcy from CNN. He's a reporter who's. Let's just remember what journalists were meant to be. Okay, in their professional lives, they were meant to be impartial observers. This guy has gotten has gone on a crusade because it can only be described that way against Alex Jones. So one media network, you know, Trump talks about people being uh, um, some uh, fake news being the enemy of the people. Well, one media network has gone after a rival media network to remove them. So Oliver Darcy, together with support from CNN, from people like Brian Stelter and Jim Acosta, has gone after Alex Jones. 
and has won, has got him removed from a lot of these platforms. And then, in fact, when he was removed, and they all said it was, it was for comments that he had made over time and it was, it was, it, it, it was just kind of arbitrary how it had happened. But yet he got removed from Spotify, iTunes, um, on the same YouTube, etc., all on the same day within like three hours of each other. So, you can't tell me it's not the same WhatsApp group with the CEOs in, in Silicon Valley and, and, and California. Um, but then they didn't remove his personal account from Twitter. That wasn't enough for the guys at CNN. They've now gone and tried to find tweets that violate Twitter terms of service so that Twitter will kick him off. Um, you know, this is, this is wrong. There's something very wrong about this in the way it's happening and the way it's going about and this this sort of weaponizing of of moral outrage by you know large organizations and people who work for these large organizations to get rid of their enemies and i, I don't think alex jones is a good guy maybe he he, he I mean, not maybe he's an idiot he's a dickhead yeah. but but there's something very wrong with this entire process but it's always the dickheads and the dangerous people that are the test cases for free speech, right? Well, you, that's the, what free speech exists for. All yeah. of these things, the, all of the rules exist to protect the worst people, yeah, no, not the best you're people. Not, you're not going to fucking, as Tony Leon said on this podcast, you should listen to that one, by the way. Desmond Tutu does not need, does not need protection of speech because he says the most Oprah-esque things. Mm. Like he's a fucking South African Oprah, right? So he doesn't give cars away. And he has a better laugh. And he, yes, much better <laughs> laugh. But he doesn't need protection of speech, so mm. to speak. Judas Malema apparently doesn't need it either because he can say whatever he wants, which is great. But the Vicky Mombergs of the world, fucking, we haven't spoken about that. 2,000 Rand bail for a three year sentence. Now it's going on 2,000 Rand bail. I, I, is that good or bad? I, I don't know. You're the lawyer. 2,000 Rand. It's not 100,000 Rand bail. It's not half a million. It's 2,000 Rand bail. That. Original sentence was fucking bullshit. Yeah. According to, I think they're going to get a reduced way, like, if, hours, not, if not thrown out. 100 hours community service, go play with like black children somewhere and they will cure your racism. Something like that. Yeah. But, um, the Vicky Momberg's and things like that, that's, that's what, you know, freedom of speech is supposed to protect. And thank God Julius is not muzzled. Thank God. Because Absolutely, because now we know what he is. We know exactly who he Be- is. Before this year, look, before yeah. this year, there was some doubt. I, I, you know, yeah. you and I have always sort of had a very similar view on Julius and who he is and what he is. Yeah. But before this year, when he started making, you know, he'd always made the kill the book comments and all of that. But then when he started going after the Indians and Chinese people, when he started doing all of that, it, it, it became clear to everyone exactly who he is. And thank goodness. Thank goodness he's able to stand on a stage and make stupid comments yeah. so that everybody knows exactly who he is. Yeah. But uh, he's black. So, it's, you know, it's some bigotry expectations. He's got no power, you know, in South Africa, in, in a state with a, a black president, black uh, chief justice, a black – well, used to be black MPA head. Maybe they'll hire a white one. I doubt it. Well, is Sean Abrams black? It depends on the definition. It depends. Days. I mean, Farrell says she's black when she's so clearly Sean not. Eusebius says he's black when he's clearly not. But, um, yeah. Other Sean people, King says he's black when he's clearly not. Talcum X. Talcum X, yeah. Um, so what's, what's the point I was trying to make? So yeah, so freedom of speech is for those radicals on the fringes, um, to, to be able to express their views. So we know exactly who they are. Um, in any other ordinary and country. And so you can fight off their views. Yeah. In, in every other ordinary country, Malema would be like a real fringe. Like he'd be like the, the grand duke of the clan. 
you know, if he was white. Like he'll be treated in the same manner, mm. but because he's black, he's treated as like, oh, he's like such a revolutionary and he, he's a gifted politician. No, he's fucking not. He's a fucking opportunistic bastard of note. He's not great on anything. So. What do I want to say? Yeah, so free speech reigns. Interesting question about big tech companies being able to kick people off the platforms without without really due process. Mm. Still think they're private companies that they should be able to do what they need to do or want to do. But if you get kicked off five or six major social media networks, and where does it yeah where does it end? As you said, what happens if uh, say I'm with MWeb and they're like, oh no, we won't broadcast. You won't use our data for renegade reports. Yeah. Like, we fucked. Like, we can go to AfriHost. Yeah. So, I mean, so a, say the so same a, thing. A podcast that we, we produce we, for free, we yeah. must suddenly design, we must open our own internet companies and just f- to have our podcast distributed. That's, so I, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult thing because as we say, you, you shouldn't be able to force private, uh, companies into doing what they don't want to do with their property. Um, so there's, there's that. Uh, I know both of us, for example, were against uh, net neutrality. Happy that they that they 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 binned that, um, but this does uh, net neutrality does come into this in some respects. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not too. too so we've, so we've, we've we've deviated a little bit. From we, we, the, have. The we have, we have, but it, it's a, it, it's something to think about, and maybe something we need to um, hash out with with a future guest. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was there something else we needed to talk about, Jonathan? I've forgotten. <laughs> Not if you don't want to. We're very well prepared. Not if you don't want to. Have you listened to any of the? Let's get on to some of the people we listen to. Have you listened to any of the um, Sam Harris Peterson uh, sort of conversations? I have no idea where to find them. So there's a couple of. Uh, I think one has just been released. Uh, okay. I haven't listened to that one recently. There's a couple of sort of bootleg copies. So uh, the guy who who produced it, I think it's Thomas Pangburn. Uh, Travis um, Pangburn. Travis, that's oh, he's it. an asshole. Um, is he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's taking these copy striking everyone who has a copy. Oh, is it? Yep. Uh, well, I mean, he's trying to make his money. So, so, and he's entitled to do that, I guess. So he did organise the events, but there were there were some some events. It, it, it's quite interesting. I, I think they did manage to sit on stage for like four or five events together without like. Um, laying into each other and, and actually rocking up at the next event. Imagine, imagine Sam Harris raising his voice. Well, imagine Sam Harris raising his voice, but I, it'd be interesting to see them in a it's fight. Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. The guy's a robot. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, look, it's, it sounds like from the bits I did here, and someone did a nice uh, essay actually on, on the disagreements. Um, but it's the same, it's the same old stuff coming back. You know, it's the, the sort of w- what is the truth, uh, again. Uh, where, where, where Sam wants to define everything within very fixed criteria and Jordan wants to talk about how everything relates to everything and how, um, you know, myth and, 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 and it connects to religion and how religion doesn't need. I mean, Sam is, is very frustrated by this entire interpretation that Jordan has of religion because at one point he cornered him on, on God. Because Peterson hasn't been very specific on how he defined God. And Peterson basically gave an answer that God is what, whatever your highest calling is, whatever your, 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 your greatest, um, sort of being is of, of yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam didn't like that at all because, you know, the minute a religious person sort of says, uh, it's not a guy with a beard in the sky. Uh, and does something a little bit more esoteric than that, which people can buy into it. it there's no, there's no, this is true or it isn't true. It's just something 
you can buy into as a belief. Um, I think it's, it stumps Harris quite a bit because he deals in this exists or it doesn't exist. There's evidence for this or there isn't evidence for it. And so they do sound like uh, yeah. quite interesting. Uh, well, I mean, there's two people that believe what the Bible says, uh, atheists and fundamentalists. <laughs> That was a good quote from someone. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard them. I must be honest. I'm a little bit drowned out with, with podcasts at the moment. I've, I listen to them every day and just recently I'm just like struggling to. A little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, I need to get a bit of a break. Uh, but well, you can always listen to Eusebius' show. <laughs> God. Um, no, I'm not into sadism. So, or is it masochism? Which one? What's the one where you get punished? Did you like it? I, I think that's uh, masochism. I think so. Sadism where you punish someone else. I think so. I'm not into that. I, but I, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but um, talking about podcast, ours was Mike Schussler. I have no idea what happened. It yeah, was, that podcast exploded. It was. Mike was great, like he was fantastic. Uh, he came on, and then people just like, "Oh wow, this podcast is great!" Number one in the whole entire country for four or five days running. Yeah, uh, amongst we, every podcast, and we saw the stats. We saw the stats just now. It's like the third most downloaded one we've ever done. Yeah, and like we're just flabbergasted. Like we don't know what happened. Yeah. So Mike, uh, well, Mike, Mike was saying he needs, uh, you know, Uber XL to to carry his ego now. Um, but yeah, a great podcast if you haven't listened to that one yet. I think we've done some good ones recently. We haven't felt flat about any of them really. Uh, in no, the, in the not, recent not in a long time. I think we've done we've done well for all of them. Yeah, <laughs> even if we say so ourselves. But but give them a listen and and uh, yeah, if you've got any comments, as always, we're we're always open to your feedback. Some really good discussions happening on the Renegade Report group on Facebook. Uh, uh, yeah, about pretty much everything. Uh, it is the, the couple of taboo topics, apparently. Oh, there. But, uh, yeah, the, the pedophiles just, just, yeah, that went, that went down very badly. Um, but for the most part, some really good engagement, um, some really good discussion about, well, sure, everything that's happening in the country, uh, and a lot of the stuff uh, that gets published on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, so and some funny stuff I too. think people do mistake the the page for the group, but look for the Renegade Report group. It's a private group, and we'll obviously allow you in if you're not a bot from Thailand. For some reason, Thai oh, people we, want to we come do in all the time, Thai bots. Yeah. Uh, all the time. Um, so I think that's Carl's there. presence in the group. <laughs> <laughs> he, won't, he won't come to the podcast, which is a pity. Yeah. Um, if you don't know Carl, join the group, and you'll be ready to be blown away. But next week, hopefully, we'll have an editor of a major, major newspaper. Um, Afrikaans newspaper So it will be interesting To see the differences Between English Which we are Familiar with English media And Afrikaans I think there's a big difference Between the two Yeah there does seem to be a gap Certainly in the In the reporting And the Perspective of Of, of what is Given I suppose Different target markets But I mean think about it Kill the Boer The book Is a bestseller And not one review Other than mine Mine was in Report And on Politics Web I haven't seen Any other Like Mainstream review of the book As if it doesn't exist If you ignore it Ramon It'll go away It's a bit like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life Yeah Sold 2.2 million copies Over 2 million copies worldwide Not once In in New York Times bestseller I think it's the best selling book In the world this year And for Penguin ever Oh really That's what he said so I don't know if that's true, but uh, I would. I'm probably uh, nonfiction, but but uh, I mean, whatever, uh, yeah, nonfiction. In some category, yeah. It hasn't been in the New York Times ever because they, they the rules are different. It was printed in Canada originally, right? right. But then, 
his previous book that no one read yeah, before. Yeah, it's also printed in Canada. Now he's on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you mustn't try to make it. Uh, well, you can make sense of things. It's very clear what's going on there, but, um, uh, the New York Times has caught themselves in knots. Let's just quickly talk about that before we, before we wrap it up. Uh, the new editorial staff at the New York Times, uh, Sarah Jong. Oh, who, Sarah Jong. Yes. yes. Um, some, she had a whole bunch of tweets. When I say a whole bunch, I mean like, like hundreds of, yeah, like hundreds, over years, hundreds over at least five years. Um, basically railing against, other people um, of uh, different religions, races, etc., but mainly against white people. Oh, and that's okay. some really sort of weird shit about like how she derived joy from harming old white men or something. Um, anyway, so they appoint her as the editorial. So that's the, I have no, whatever, like fine. And, then they appoint as the editorial staff and it's still fine because it's the New York Times. And guys, the New York Times earlier this year defended communism twice. Um, the New York Times like is, is, is pretty much anti-American and anti-liberalism in every way that can possibly be. The New York Times still employs Paul Krugman. I mean, the guy has been proven wrong so many times. It's a freaking joke. I, seriously, like Nobel prizes don't mean that much, but he should really be taken back. Anyway. So it's not so f- odd that they would employ this woman as onto the editorial staff. What is odd is, of course, what has to happen now is whenever anyone gets a job or something, everyone has to rifle through their social media and then they have to, on both sides, I might add, yeah. um, they have to rifle through their social media and find something against them. Um, so it recently happened to Ben Shapiro. Some guy on the left said he's actually quite a decent guy and we should, you know, you shouldn't be so, not you shouldn't be hard on him, but like give him a chance because his intentions aren't bad. Just engage. Yeah. Um, just engage with the guy. And basically uh, people found tweets from Ben from years back or c- columns he wrote when he was 17 years old and where he was wrong or, or a bit ha- heavy handed and, and uh, lamented him. Anyway, Ben wrote a really good column explaining why he was wrong about those things and how he, he can be wrong about things and then move on with life. Yeah. Anyway, instead of saying, look, this chick wrote these things, eh, they're a bit distasteful, but that's not who she is right but she's, now. she's grown up. She's learned. Yeah. And we're employing her because her work is really good and that's it. End of story. Thanks no, for playing. But what do they say? Oh, no. She was she – was, um, Responding. Re- responding to, yes. to personal attacks. To, to racist personal attacks with satire. With satire. Um so, uh, if you go through the tweets, uh, you will find most of them are not responses. They are just, no, they're just, um, they're just off tweets about opinions. hating white people. Um, and yeah, it's clearly not satire. It's just her opinions. Uh, and it's just strange that they, you know, own it. Just own it. Just say she hates white people. That's fine. Yeah. We can live with it. Perfectly I can okay. live with it perfectly well. I'm okay with that. Because the same uh, Kevin Williamson, Went to the Atlantic. Kevin Williamson's a libertarian conservative, mm-hmm. and he had a tweet, sad satir- satirical tweet that said, "I understand why people who have abortions should be put to death." Basically saying, if you believe it's murder, logically it makes sense that you don't want people yes, follow who have the follow the logic to have the death sentence. It's not his view, yes, but he understands why they would be. Th- he, he, subsequent- he lasted twelve minutes yes. at the fucking Atlantic, and they fired him. Yes, they did. They did fire him um, for, and that was for one opinion. Yep. 
um, which wasn't even his full opinion. So it goes back to the Boris Johnson thing again. Mm. Uh, and I mean, we can go on about all the incidents where this happens, where people say one thing and then it's a Kathy Newman moment. So what you're saying. Is that kill all women who want abortions? Like, no, yes. that's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. But, uh, no, but it's interesting. So the call out culture really started on the, on the left the past 20, 30 years or so. Mm. Now it's being used against them and now they're doubling down and saying, no, it was satirical retorts to racism. It was this. But when Kevin Williams says makes a joke, uh, no, he really believed it. Mm-hmm. Like Bill de Blasio, mm-hmm. the fucking New York when, mayor, goes on CNN yeah. and he says, oh, this fucking is destroying our democracy. Rupert Murdoch must be, uh, must not be allowed to be, must be taken off the airwaves. Yeah, his businesses must be shut down. So, so you attack Fox News, it's Rupert Murdoch. You attack CNN, oh, you're attacking democracy. Yeah. No, or, fuck you. Or, or Trump Both says, of you. Trump's, Trump says something about the media and his comments are completely out of line. A hundred editorials this last weekend against Trump in, um, in newspapers across the United States driven by Brian Stelter. Um, uh, Bill de Blasio says the same thing. Bill de Blasio, by the way, who might be a, a, a candidate for president come the next election on the is. Democrat side. Uh, no, I really want uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez to be to be a candidate. I, I've never seen anyone so clueless in my entire life. But um, in fact, you know what? She, who she reminds me of? Sorry, I'm going to go to tangent here. Yeah. But what's her name that we had in studio? Um, lovely girl, Chelsea Lots. Yes, she is American Chelsea Lots. Um, listen to that podcast. Good laugh. Uh, but, but it, it, the, the, if the one side says one thing, it's terrible. The other side says the exact same thing. It's perfectly, uh, perfectly fine. And we even had an example of this whole double standard with Trevor Noah recently. Trevor Noah makes, uh, inverted commas, racist comments about Aboriginal women. It was a funny joke as far as I'm concerned. And, um, yeah, the, the outrage culture used against him and still people calling for him to lose his job, but he's learned. Give him credit. He's learned. If you ignore them for long enough, they go away and they find another toy. Didn't he issue an apology? I'm sure he issued, he issued apology. some benign apology where he was like, oh, I see now that it was wrong and I will never make a joke like that again. And I've removed all the content. And when I'm in Australia, I'm going to visit some Aboriginal site and, I don't know, feel really sorry for my joke. Uh, yeah, bullshit. Uh, and should we call it quits? That's uh, it. Yeah, okay, this is a bit of a rambling one. I do apologize. It is late at night and we've had a rough, rough Monday. I think it was a decent podcast. No, it was fine. So this is, um, so anyway, we'll see you next week. Uh, don't forget. Well, I don't know. Don't forget. Don't forget. It's okay to be a right wing. Yeah. Uh, fight it, own it. Yeah. And fucking destroy your enemy. Not derogatory in any way. Yeah. And destroy your enemy. Fake news media in this country is <laughs> out of control. We, we destroyed the HuffPo. Now we're going after no one, no one really. We're not actually destroying anyone. HuffPo imploded by itself, to be fair. But uh, no, own it. Own it. Tell these fuckers what you think about them. And that if they're enablers for one of the most destructive policies the world's ever known, which is extinguishing property rights, which was the fundamental underpinning of apartheid, by the way, um, if they stand for it because it's a black person doing it as opposed to a white one. Yeah. Go on Twitter and tell them to go get fucked royally. <laughs> Lovely. If you enjoyed the show, you can always support us on Patreon. Ramon at Roman Kabanak on Twitter. Myself at Jonathan underscore wit. The show page at Renegade underscore report. Find us on Facebook as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Cheers.
This is CliffCentral.com.